All right, and we're back for another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review on all of our podcasts. Plus, if you can like, follow, share, subscribe, or even on occasion when you're able to throw us out those Facebook gaming stars, it is truly appreciated. Well, hey, everyone, we're back. That's right. We're back for in some inside sports fantasy football. I just truly appreciate everyone out there that is listening. I know it's like dusting off the cobwebs here. It's been a little while, a little bit longer than we anticipated, but we appreciate everyone out there. I know there's been a couple people out there that have asked, hey, are you guys doing some fantasy football this year? And yes, yes, we are. We are back once again. Hoping to get Jason Dutch back on the line at some point in time down the road. But as always, for many of our episodes upcoming, I'm hoping, as he was last season, and I'm just truly thankful for it, is our good friend indeed. You got to check out what he's doing today at Chris L Sports on Twitter, Chris Ardieri on LinkedIn, and everywhere else you can find him because he's all over the place on social media, usually complaining about something the Giants did wrong. But, you know, he's still here nonetheless <laughs> and can provide you the deepest insight for your fantasy leagues. It's my good friend indeed. And again, I'm just so thrilled to have him back on. I'm even missing the Lakers fourth quarter in the playoffs right now for it because I'm so happy to have him back. It is Chris Sardieri. And Chris, thanks, man, for coming back one more time. Gerald, it's thank you. And it's great to be back. I appreciate you having me back for another season. Uh, I guess I did something right last year. Uh, I must say, I, I, we've been talking back and forth during you know the, the great work you've been doing through the NBA playoffs here out of the bubble, and uh, I know you agree, this NFL season in fantasy football too, especially with drafts this week, it completely snuck up on us, didn't it? It did, it did. I know, like I said uh, before, when I'm talking to you off, the, off air, that I've been doing a lot with Pop Culture Cosmos. I've been doing a lot of streaming. I've been doing a lot of other things. I've been providing each and every day NBA coverage on the Lakers Fast Break. And all of a sudden, I realized this past weekend, oh, yeah, Thursday night, the NFL season is starting. I know you and I have been back and forth in touch on trying to get a start date. I'm just glad we were able to go ahead and get started before the beginning of the season, I should say. And I was able to go ahead and able to get you to come on down because... You know it's that last-minute draft time. In fact, you and I are going to go into a draft tomorrow. We're going to go ahead and choose. So you are going to hopefully follow your own advice, and I'm going to steal some of your advice and knowledge over the course of the next few minutes. But my friend, we're back once again for another year of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It is down to the wire for those people wanting to start in the fantasy leagues. Although, yes, you can start after the season gets started, but it's not quite the same thing. But I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. You're going into a league right now. You just did one yesterday, and you just did one today, and you're going to do one with the intention of beating me to a pulp tomorrow. So I want to ask your thoughts. Correct. What are your first thoughts going and jumping into it? What are you targeting, and what do you think people out there need to target first as last-minute fantasy football advice? Okay, so the the two main things to remember are uh, your draft slot, and your league scoring system. So um, the one I had tonight, very standard half-point PPR. Quarterbacks only get four points for passing touchdowns. Running backs, receivers, et cetera, get six. 
in the other league I play in, it's a full point PPR and quarterbacks get six points for passing touchdowns. So that tells me quarterbacks are going to be a little more valuable than usual. And I know a lot of conventional wisdom is you can wait, but my one takeaway this year, and I, I manage both leagues, with my son, and uh, we got Mahomes in, towards the latter half of the first round in both our drafts, partially because that's his favorite player, but also too because I feel that he's got some value there with the way both leagues were scoring. And in both leagues, we saw a run on quarterbacks early. I don't know if we triggered the panic or if people realize once Mahomes and Jackson were gone that, uh, you know, they should probably get a solid quarterbacks. If you're stuck coming back around in the fourth or fifth round, it could be slim picking. So that's one observation I had there. Uh, secondly, there are always teams that reach too early with kickers and defenses wait around. Um, we got the Steelers in one league and the bills in another by waiting around. Same with kickers. I mean, it's great to have a, a Justin Tucker. I know everyone wants him, but taking him before, say, the 10th round, I think is insanity. But you always get a few of those. Play it to your advantage. Build up your depth at the wide receiver and running back. Um, in both my leagues, we, we saw a couple unusual picks. One league, my brother is a Cowboy fan, and he took Ezekiel Elliott number one. Shame on him, but it's his, it's his team. It's his right. I just hold it against him, but he's a Dallas fan. So... My uh, brother-in-law at number two is happy to get Christian McCaffrey. I don't think you'll see that in a lot of leagues, but the rest I've kind of seen or been in is McCaffrey one, Saquon two, and you know, there could be a few twists and turns later on. I saw Michael Thomas go as high as four in one draft. Don't panic. If you want a running back and you're eyeing a running back and someone falls to you like a Camara after five, by all means, take them. That said, if there's a run on wide receivers, I think there's so much depth this year. Um, you really don't need to reach. I mean, you can come back around. I got Keenan Allen in, oh, geez, it was probably like the seventh round in a draft last night. And for a guy, regardless of who's quarterbacking the Chargers, the guy's going to get targets and catch passes. So I'm happy with a value pick like that. I will say there's a big drop off at running back. So you're going to have to start going for rookies. Some of the more popular ones that, that went earlier were Cam Akers with the Rams. Uh, Zach Moss with the Bills. We actually got him in both our leagues uh, towards the middle round. Looks like he's uh, he's poised to be the starter in Buffalo at some point. And then uh, Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. Those are some of the, the favorites that people think are going to be starters sooner rather than later in the NFL this year. So all in all, a lot of the same, but uh, I think the, the biggest twist that I saw, Joel, and we talked about this back in May, if you've got a really good starting quarterback, you better get a good backup. So uh, in both my leagues, uh, one of our backups is Goff and the other one is Stafford. And the reason being, uh, we know quarterbacks get hurt. Mahomes got hurt. He dodged a major injury a few years back. But we live in COVID times. And should your starting quarterback test positive and be pulled up for a couple weeks, you better have someone substantial to plug in and play for him. Exactly what I was going to say, because now there's not only an injury factor, but there's an illness factor that could come into play for any one of these teams because there are players out there instantly that could get test positive or be coming off of it and you don't know what they're going to be like they could be affected for the rest of the season absolutely and you know the the nfl luckily i think they've had what one positive test so far uh, i think that today they have released the latest stats and that's all well and good but these teams have been essentially holed up with the, their own players scrimmaging each other we don't know what will happen when teams travel and face other teams or sit on a plane or in a hotel room. 
Absolutely. There's something very much there to think about. Once again, it's Chris Ardieri from Inside Sports. I'm Gerald Glassford from Inside Sports Fantasy Football. I want to go and ask you one thing before we head as far as into your doghouse and some picks for this week as well as far as things you need to look forward to. I want to ask you this on Tampa Bay. Obviously, they're the, the talk of the NFL with getting Tom Brady to come on down there. They loaded up as far as some not high-end running backs, but maybe some a lot better quality depth on running backs. So it looks like they're going to do a lot more mixing up. The receivers for Tampa Bay had tremendous years last year. Both their starting wide receivers were in the top 10 because Jameis Winston, when he was throwing to his team, or at least when he was trying to complete to his team, <laughs> was completing to them quite a bit, and they weren't running it at all. I don't see with Tom Brady having that same effect this year. I see their productivity as a whole going down, even though the overall quality of their team may go up because their list is one of the Super Bowl favorites this year. So I want to ask your opinion on this. I don't think people should fall in love with the receivers for Tampa Bay. I still think they're pretty good choices. I just don't think they're top 10 worthy at this point in time, simply because Tom Brady, even though he now has not only one, but two really good wide receivers, it's probably not going to be enough to go ahead and, and I guess, basically go to that throw-often type of offense that they had last year. Yeah, I think there are two ways of looking at that, and yours is definitely a valid point. On the flip side, we saw Mike Evans fall a lot further than he should have in one of my drafts, and I grabbed him as a third wide receiver. In any normal year, if you told someone you had Mike Evans as your flex or third wide receiver, they'd probably look at you like you, you know, playing with clear novices in fantasy football. I think there's value to be had there. The thing where I am kind of skeptical is with the tight ends. I've seen Gronk go way too high. I've seen people take flyers on OJ Howard, and I know Brady loves throwing to the tight end, but at the same time, even in a rotation, how many balls and, and points are those guys going to get you? I think, too, um, I stayed away from the Buccaneers running backs. I know they say Ronald Jones is the starter. Now you know Fournette's got to push him. Even if they do try and establish the run, which they could, I don't like either of those running backs. So if anything, I think the Bucks could struggle at the run this year, especially early off, and Brady may be forced to throw. Does he have the arm he used to? No, but he does have weapons. And uh, uh, I, I think at the very least – he does stay healthy and uh, the schedule works out right. He'll probably have a, a more productive fantasy year than he has the past few in New England. Does that make him uh, move him up your draft boards? No. But I do think if you can get him as your backup, and we, we saw a team do that in one of my leagues, um, I think it's definitely worth having. Uh, I, I, I think, think it would be a very efficient starter. year. I think it, very efficiency-wise. Right. I'm not going to say like Aaron Rodgers type efficiency like we've seen from Aaron Rodgers the past couple of years, but still maybe like a 25 touchdown to 10 interception, something really nice. But the problem is you need more than just really nice going forward. Exactly. And I think if anything, it were to benefit from that, it would be the, the two starting receivers, Evans, as I mentioned, Godwin, just because the stats you you forecast right there shows a turnover margin swing of plus 20 Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions last year so that means those two guys theoretically would have uh, 20 more chances to catch the ball that ended up in uh, posing defensive backs or linebackers hands last year 
We'll be right back with more fantasy football. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. I'll tell you what, it's going to be interesting to see what Tampa Bay has in store for us because it's going to be a completely different look from what I, I guess myself or anyone out there has been looking at for the past few years. So as a team that has a lot of high aspirations, I will definitely be curious to see what's out there. Now you mentioned before we head on out to the week one matchups and your doghouse, Ezekiel Elliott going high because you said your brother is a Dallas Cowboys fan and all that. I wanted to ask you this. The Cowboys could easily have not only one of the best offenses in the NFL, but one of the best offenses ever. So I ask you, my friend, is it maybe too early to buy into the hype? Do you really think that the Cowboys, who everybody thinks is going to have this just supremely awesome offense, you think your people are just buying into too much and maybe should they should just be wary before they go ahead and draft any Cowboys? I think that could be the case. Prescott went high in both my leagues and I get it. Um, he's basically playing on a one-year deal. Like he's got something to prove. These are the most uh, wide receiver weapons he's had in his tenure there. And you know, we, we all know what you get from Zeke. What I would say is it's going to be hard to determine which of those four receivers would, would break out, assuming Prescott has a big year through the air. Me personally, I like C.D. Lamb, the rookie they drafted this year. I think if you can draft him late and stash him away, he may emerge. A lot of buzz and hype on Michael Gallup. He had a nice year last year, don't get me wrong. But you know, with Lamb pressing him, who knows if that'll cut into his targets. And I just, as a matter of, of course, throughout the years of playing fantasy, I've been skeptical of Amari Cooper. He got a huge contract. I would stay away from him this year. Now, does that mean Prescott's numbers will suffer? No, not necessarily. And he's always good for a few rushing touchdowns. But I would not pick him before taking, say, a Sean Watson or Russell Wilson. I mean, I I think he's uh, most likely in the top 10 of a lot of boards. But I would make him the third quarterback on my draft board. Well, absolutely. There's some great advice right there for you. Let's head on over to NFL Week 1. And obviously it starts with the Houston Texans versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Now the Texans, obviously with Deshaun Watson, has one of the best quarterbacks that are out there. And then you have the Chiefs with the reigning Super Bowl champion and of course the MVP himself, Patrick Mahomes. If you're going to go ahead and basically ride one of those two out throughout the entire season, I know a lot of people are picking Mahomes high is that advisable? Do you think he can go ahead and have that same kind of performance now that he's got the, the rings, now that he's got the trophies, now that he's got the cashola with that extension? Do you really see Mahomes playing up to that or near that kind of level once again? I do. I think he's got the ability to do it. And I think one thing that could be a game changer this year if he pans out is uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the rookie running back out of LSU. I mean, I've seen some draft boards where they got him as the sixth rank overall player. I mean, he's really shot up the board this offseason. So I think that could help too, not only because he's he looks like he's going to be a quality NFL running back, but he can catch passes too. So they, uh, they've got that added weapon there. The receivers are fantastic. Kelsey's always there, dangerous as a tight end. So uh, on paper, I think they could. But, you know, there's always that 
hangover the year after you win a Super Bowl. I don't feel just you know, what I've read about Mahomes and seeing his demeanor and knowing his dad was a professional pitcher in MLB. I, I don't I don't see him losing that hunger by any means. I think he's got that killer instinct. Now, that said, on the other side of the ball, there's been some skepticism with Deshaun Watson. He lost DeAndre Hopkins in a trade to the Cardinals, and he ended up getting an extension today, which will make him happy. But, you know, Will Fuller, if he can stay healthy, he's a nice wide receiver. They've got Brandon Cooks in a trade from the Rams, Randall Cobb. So he's got his weapons, and having owned Watson in previous seasons in fantasy, the guy just gets it done. He makes plays. He scores points. So anytime I doubt him, he's proved me wrong. And when I have owned him, he's rewarded me. So by no means do I think Hopkins is going to diminish Watson's fantasy value as long as he stays healthy. You know, the big question of that Houston offensive line. I may have to disagree with you a little bit there as someone who had Deshaun Watts on his team last year and prospered heavily because of it. The world's worst NFL trade of DeAndre Hopkins leaving and being traded for virtually, uh, you know, some some chips and some salsa uh, really just wasn't <laughs> that that. I, I don't know. People will still be talking that, about that for years to come. I think it's going to be a detriment because I don't think Brandon Cooks and also Will Fuller are just not in Hopkins League uh, as far as a receiver is concerned. I think there's going to be a little bit of a step back. How much? Or maybe not at all because he might have to go on the run more. And if he has to run more, that's actually going to benefit a lot of fantasy players out there because he'll just be running for more yards and getting you more points if that's the case. But still, from a passing perspective, I think that's going to be a big issue for them down the road. Yeah, it's a fair point. Look, from a from a football analysis perspective, it was a horrible trade for the Texans. Now what the Texans record is and how they can help you on fantasy football, as we've learned are two completely different things. Um, I don't know if Watson will put up the, the huge numbers like he's, he's had the past few years in fantasy, but I don't see passing on him thinking like uh, he's really due for a mean reversion here. I, I completely agree with what you said. He is not, he does not hesitate to scramble. He'll get you a few rushing touchdowns and, as we saw with Josh Allen last year, those things add up at times. They do indeed. Before I go into ask you what is your other pick of the week as far as that fantasy football owner should take a look at, I'm going to go ahead and pick one for you for my own end, and I'm going to say that let's go pick a Packers and Vikings because I'm going to be on the Aaron Rodgers train this year. I'm going to tell you right now, very efficient but wasn't exciting because he just didn't have the array of weapons. But I think he is more motivated. Yes, they didn't improve all that well as far as from a playmaking standpoint. But my gosh, there is no more motivation than not only not getting you help, but getting you a backup you really didn't want or need. So Aaron Rodgers is going to be one mad individual going forward. And I see somehow even though he may not have all the assets that he needs, he's going to try and go ahead and, and just rub it into the Green Bay Packers higher-ups as much as he can for going in the wrong direction. I see a big year from him. And going into the Vikings, who I'm kind of a little bit down on right now, I see that as a, a good start of them going in there and, and Aaron Rodgers really getting some numbers going forward. 
would not be that would not surprise me at all. And we definitely saw Rogers fall farther than he has in previous years. And it wasn't and, because he wasn't inefficient. Man threw like what four interceptions or something. Some some you know some really gaudy number. It's just he just didn't throw enough, in my opinion. Yeah, and and you know if you're willing to wait around and build a solid team and wait out the quarterback position and Rogers is there for you. That's great. I mean, me personally, I'd rather have him over Roethlisberger. You know, he's more durable. He's younger. And uh, as you said, he's pretty ticked off. This season's kind of looking a lot like 2007 Packers, that team with Favre with, uh, I think it was Rogers' second or third year as his backup, pushing him, looking over his shoulder. And uh, Favre had a fantastic year, took his team to the NFC Championship game where they lost that uh, Ice Bowl 2 game to the Giants. So, uh, I see a lot of similarities there. We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, it's going to be very interesting indeed. Again, the season starts this Thursday. As you said, my friend, it crept up on us, but I'm glad to see you back in the saddle once again with us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. So before we head on out, my friend, we cannot have an edition of ISFF without you going into the doghouse. (laughs) Oh, it's good to be back. It's good to actually look at point spreads. I have no idea how Vegas set these lines since there were no preseason games, but you know what, even in normal years, the first few weeks of the season, the bookmakers are looking to feel out the odds and there's some inefficiencies there you can catch on to, you know, they catch up to us, these, uh, these professionals as the season goes on. But uh, there are a couple of lines that stuck out to me. Um, I'll tell you who the runner up was. The, uh, the Cowboys going to brand new SoFi stadium and, and Gerald, I got to tell you watching hard knocks, my son and I just love looking at that new building and uh, my giants are supposed to come there in October. Don't think they're going to be fans in the stands. So, uh, you know, we're bummed about that, but at the very least we'll get to watch it on Sunday night football. Um, uh, I, I thought I was seeing things here when it looked as though the Cowboys were a three point road favorite. It made me think might be worth it, but, uh, you know, that three, if it ends up being a close game, you might push, but, uh, that left me with a little bit of head scratching and intrigue. Don't get me wrong. The Rams have a lot of questions, especially on defense, but, uh, I could see, and, and, and this goes to you fantasy owners out there too. You've got teams in the NFL coming off a long layoff. And the last time this happened with a lockout, um, first few weeks of the season the offense rained and i could see this game being a shootout may even be close so um i'd start all your quality cowboys and rams players here uh, in fantasy but the the game i'm going to go with uh one of the marquee matchups and fox is happy to have this game they're already hyping it on tv commercials the uh, new look buccaneers with tom brady and rob gronkowski defecting from new england head into the superdome taking on the Saints, who are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if Bruce Arians goes in there and sneaks one out from under Sean Payton's nose and the Bucks win this game. 
But at the very least, you're getting that extra hook, half a point. I'd take the Bucks getting three and a half. Um, even last year, Jameis Winston went down there, and I it went back and forth. The Saints inevitably pulled it out. And as we all know, Winston threw interceptions, which determined almost every one of their losses last year. I don't see Brady doing that this year. So there's my first doghouse pick of 2020. Take the Bucks plus three and a half. There you go, my friend. If you have any questions out there or more picks that you need, especially if you're in, here in Vegas like I am, you want to go ahead and hit up Chris at Chris L Sports on the Twitter, or also as well, you can go ahead and hit him up, Chris Sardieri on LinkedIn. Because I can tell you what, my friend, it's going to be an interesting season indeed. Again, I cannot thank you enough, man, for being back on the show. It's it's really good. I kind of miss doing this, kind of get you know getting back into the thing as far as fantasy sports is concerned. You and I are going to go through our draft tomorrow, so I'm, I'm going to give you lots of reasons this year to go ahead and give me some good shots right there for you each and every week as I continue to bumble my way through another season of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. So there you go. Looking forward to it. I do appreciate, again, you taking the time to speak to me. If anyone out there wants to speak to us, we are Inside Sports Fantasy Football right there for you anywhere you get your podcast on anchor apple Podcasts, and spotify if you're listening to this on the pop culture cosmos we're going to go ahead and put this first episode on pop culture cosmos for this season but again we will be going forward every single week inside sports fantasy football just look for it on anchor apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts plus also as well if you can if you need or if you want the latest and greatest news and information you can check out inside sports on facebook so you can get the latest news and information right there for you or if you need anything from us at inside sports ff or is fantasy football at yahoo.com well any last thoughts on the way out my friend because it's another exciting season uh, well actually it'll be the most different kind of season coming up this year that we'll probably ever see yeah, it really will, but I got to tell you, I am uh, I am beyond happy that not only the NFL is back, but fantasy's back. We need a distraction, and judging by what's gone on with Major League Baseball's hiccups, I do think the NBA is to be commended for getting this thing up and running, and the, the bubble is amazing to say the least, but you know, them, them having playoff games at odd times of the day, I think we here on the West Coast really appreciate that, but it takes some getting used to it. It's like having March Madness for three months. Well, I think it's been good. I mean, it'll be good to have some sort of normalcy, and we know when the NFL games will be, their typical schedules, and you got your fantasy to watch, so I think this year will be a big step in uh, at least psychologically helping us feel as though things are normal, even though they may not be, so with college football really in flux. Uh, the NFL, I think, is only going to, to get more popular and have more eyeballs on the game. Well, there you go, my friend. And again, it's Chris Lardieri from Inside Sports. Give him a shout-out, at Chris L Sports on Twitter. Looking forward to this season, my friend. Looking forward to all the great things that we're going to be seeing for fantasy football and, of course, everything that we're going to be checking out each and every week in the NFL right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football.